right. Well, welcome again to Wonder and Sunder. And I'm Pastor Sue Walliger. And we have with us um, my co-host, Josh Myronick. And then we have our guest, Lynn, today. And we are so glad that you're with us today. Lynn is a social worker over at the school, which is happens to be just right across the street from our building, which is Anoka Middle School for the Arts. Fredmore. Fredmore campus. <laughs> There's, but you do both campuses, right? Yes. And then there's um, a Washington campus. So sixth correct. graders are over at Washington and Fred Moore has seventh and eighth grade. Correct. The sixth graders about a mile away. Yeah. So tell us so, just a little bit about yourself. Um, I suppose okay. the most notable is your husband retired, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago. And I've been um, working in the school district for about 27 years. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've worked in elementary and about 10 years at the job that I'm in now. Wow. The middle school. So, well, how did you get into what? social work? I, gosh, I did in um, college. Mm-hmm. So back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I worked for um, child protection in the state of. Washington and Seattle okay. area for about eight years. How was that? So yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Was it stressful? It was stressful. Yeah. I didn't have kids at the time, so it was a little easier. I think it'd be harder with having kids. Definitely. So just, yeah, more emotional. Um, actually, yeah. before that, I worked in juvenile corrections. Wow. Too, so I had that kind of the state. Yeah. And county social work. So I had that background. And then when we moved back to the Midwest, um, lived in Illinois and started out as a kind of a rural school social worker in the elementary school. That must have been a lot like slower paced than either of the other two positions that you had had. huh? It was. It was. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that's what I started out in um, doing school social work then and. And when we moved up to Minnesota in the mid-90s, I worked in the Roseville schools and then up in O'Canavan. That's wow. great. Yeah. So can you give us an idea of like what, what it is like to be a social worker? Because there's all these different kind of maybe views that people might have. And that might look very different from, you know, social services, uh, you know, for a state versus maybe what you do in schools. Yes. It, it yes, very different. I was glad I had that background too, but um in the schools, you know, it's pertained to, to education and helping kids and families. Um social workers do, you know, help with mental health issues of the students and also basic needs and um we have a focus on helping the homeless families too in this district. We have a special licensure with the state of Minnesota where we have lots of background working with with mental health and suicide. Many social workers can also be private practice therapists too. So I think people don't maybe don't know that. You think of a social worker as being more of just, you know, removing kids from their homes or right or just basic needs, but we have pretty strong background in mental health. So do you have and, your therapy? I mean, are you licensed for that yes. too? Yes, I am. And I did do that for a little while in addition to the schools. Yeah. So we have kind of both too. And the focus, social workers are focused on working with families 
Then do you have the kids that come to you for counseling too? Do they, or just sort of a, more for triage or more for just ongoing too? Yes. All of that. We get referred. We work as a, as a really good team at um, Anoka Middle School too. We have um, four school counselors too in there um, for each grade level. So we work on supporting them too. Yeah. With the students that come in and the crises that happen too. Uh There's been a lot more more need for that. A lot of mental health concerns. Right. How has that been? Um, Oh, man. Well, take us through that a little bit. So we had to go, you know, um, virtual for the kids. And so that always leaves all of that natural support that the school gives families and kids. Yes. Like it's hard to recreate that individually and at home. (laughs) But um, so how did that go with you and yeah. all of that? What was that like? That was, it was challenging. Yeah. Cool. To be, to be in touch, Um, you know, more like tried to do some home visits and you know, an outreach and just stay in regular contact on the phone. Um, We'd do the Google meets face to face with kids or families. All our meetings were that way. Yeah. And we'd have some kids that were, who liked it. Yeah. Who and felt really comfortable with that. Others that, that did not. Yep. So it was a challenge for the teachers too. So for people who don't know, Anoka Middle School is actually um, as a diverse population, I would have to say. Um, but also, mm-hmm. and then um, both, um, I think ethnically, but also I think um, financially probably. Yes. Is probably the biggest diversity. And so... Tell us a little bit about that makeup of the middle school. At risk or homeless? Yeah, we um, pull from like the downtown Anoka area too. And so there's a lot more um, apartments. Hmm. So there's a lot, probably a lot of movement. Okay. Yep. To and families and seems like in the homeless population, it, it builds throughout the year. Yes, it does. But that I think is typical, right? Because because yes. as the year goes on, you identify more and more Correct. people who are kind of probably falling through the cracks. For people that are moving in um, apartments or doubling up with other family members too, or, our, or our own students who've lost housing too. And the program is to help keep them at the school right. too. And so that's when we'll, we'll set up transportation from outlying areas or wherever they've move to just to keep the consistency of education for them. Right. So in a school that size, how big is it? How many students do you know? Do you know? About 1,800. And then how many about are homeless? It depends on the year. I mean, I've had, you know, up to 60 families. This year less or more? Less, less, but it will add add up. We're still only in, well, beginning of November. So I guess (laughs) we've only been at it for a few months. Correct. Yeah, yes, that's lots amazing. Of, lots of, yeah. So what's a typical, I know that we said this too, that there's no typical day, but what are your days look like then? And Well, I go between the two buildings. So it depends on, um, you know, where I'm scheduled on those days too. And just, yeah, in the hallways helping students. Um, actually this year, there's a shortage of substitute teachers. So frequently you'll have to go start in a connections class, you know, that, that a teacher um, doesn't have a sub for. Right. Too. And I've had to do some classrooms too. Lunch duty, just um, students that come down to the office struggling emotionally with anxiety. 
that way. Um, phone calls from parents. Um, have I work also work with the the foster care population and mm-hmm. a lot of the county social workers. Okay. Too. So yeah, spend a time on the phone or you know if there's any ab- abuse and neglect yep. concerns, interviews with that. I also work as a part of uh, a team to I help help identify students that might need. Um, just more services too. It's kind of like student assistance team. Oh, okay. So we have various like I plans or five hundred four plans or different things that we work as a team. Yeah, to write or to maybe have further testing. So that could be part of the day. Um, wow. With some yeah, some intervention <laughs> intervene individually or with groups. Right too. Yeah. Provide support. Whoa. Or families many, many in that might be upset or <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. Oh my gosh. What is your biggest struggle, do you suppose, in that all of that? The, the, or even in your job or yeah, what would, what would be your biggest, what's the thing that you struggle the most with? Like or either bothers you or it's a low or whatever. Just not really having enough hours in the day yes. <laughs> to see all the kids that need yes. help and support and the families too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's times when you're just like, oh, I should have gotten to that or I should have seen that student today. And I understand. So that makes it challenging. Right. I know sometimes I'll, um, in my um, going to sleep when I have um, people running through my mind too, I'll even like mutter, oh, I forgot, whatever. <laughs> One time I said a name and, and Jeff thought I needed Kleenexes. And so I was like, no, 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 I forgot to get to, you know, whoever it was. But it was so funny that um, that happens to me too. Like yes. you're Because you are just so wanting to get to everybody, but you can't. And sometimes circling back around. Yes. What's your favorite part of your job though? Oh, the kids. Yeah. 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 The kids are great. They really are. They I know. Are. Isn't that funny? Yes. Now, some of you out there, you have to remember that it's middle schoolers, but the three of us here at this time, we all actually really like middle schoolers. I, maybe Josh doesn't, but I do. Really like they're middle great. schoolers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I think they're funny. Yes. Um, And it's a weird time of life for them to. It is. They're struggling with so many things. Oh. Trying mm-hmm. to figure out who they are. Their identity, their friends, what they want to do with their life. But yet they're too young to really do anything. To do anything, to be able to drive or get yeah. a job. But well, and all just the have physical so many changes. hopes and dreams. Yeah, yeah, and all the physical changes that happen and yes. hormones and all those good things. And yeah, I think you're right. I think that they're trying to be more independent, but they can't, you yes, know. And exactly. so that's that push-pull that they always feel. And so then we always feel it. they really really need adults too they really need people to listen to them and adults to to care and to hear their story and yeah yeah feel like they matter Mm -hmm. I I like that you said that because it is we always we in the church think that um um that each person each yeah person each child needs at least um three to five adults in their lives to be you know, like that they would help them mm-hmm. grow into healthy and successful people. They do tend to seem like they push you away, but yes. but they really need you too. I agree. I mean, their friends mean a lot and yeah. their opinion is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But 
Yes, I know. They like adults. <laughs> yes, I still have an eighth grader. So I'm still in that parenting world of uh, middle schoolers too. And yes. it's been it's so interesting. But I always say, and this is me, and you probably do it too, but I was like, such a good kid. You know, even though they're probably the one that you know their name because they've been misbehaving or that they have their own struggles or whatever. But deep down, I'm like, oh, he's such a good kid. <laughs> I'm sure you do that too. Oh, absolutely. Like, like he frustrates me. He didn't the, mean to do that. Yeah. He frustrates me, but I know yeah. there's good in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always some good underlying Oh reason. my gosh. Absolutely. I told, I really do. I think it, that's true. So. Never just acting out a pure hatred towards you. I mean, maybe sometimes. Oh yeah. But. No, no. And those are rare, but yes, I agree. They're, no, they're always that good. Cause I, Sometimes I see them, you know, well, I get to, we do get to see them from when they are young and then they grow through that period. And you're like, oh, I just remember second grade. They were really cute then, you know, that kind of thing. And then whatever. Um, One thing that I was thinking about when you were talking to is this anxiety, you know, I, and I would imagine if I'm wrong, you can let me know, but it seems like that is a more of a reoccurring theme now. And absolutely, they struggle with that way more now than they have probably in your career is my guess. Yes, right? it's very, very high. Used to be just, you know, an average percentage of kids. And now it's, it's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Say everyone does, but I could think they do at some level coming yes. through the pandemic. and Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it also seems that more are talking about it. To some degree, they feel more comfortable yes. talking about it. Yes. That's a really good point, too. It, that it is. used to be something that was talked about as much, but now they're a lot more open about it. Yeah. Which is really good to hear. It's sad because it's like, all right. Um, I but I, I feel like even with their friends, they're more comfortable talking about it. And then they find these circles that they're more kind of comfortable getting support from, which has been good. Yeah. So I think it used to be more like something you just don't talk about, about your feelings or things. And I think they, they are way more open about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. for me, I have it stuck in my brain. You know, it feels like that that's gotten so heightened. But in that heightening, then they are able to talk about it, which is good. So we can name feelings and also try to figure that out, I suppose. We're just trying to teach them coping skills and yes. things that work for them. We want to help calm them and regulate them. And yep. Less reactive to things and more calmer ways to calm themselves and kind of get out of the negative thinking too. Yeah. Just hard. I suppose depression too. I know that anxiety is an easier one to sort of handle, but or not handle, but like we talk about it being anxious is, I don't know, is it better than being depressed or a lot of times they kind of go hand in hand though too. They do lead to anxiety and both. Right. It's more with, yeah, just the isolation they experienced too, the pandemic. and Yeah, that was very tough. And yes. coming back out of it now, we too, we've been trying to check on the kids to see, you know, so how are you doing? And and now that they've had now two months or so to be back in school, it feels mm-hmm. like they have more of a routine and more structure again in their lives. It does seem like they're kind of needing to relearn being nice to each other, though, too. <laughs> That's been... Yeah, a little more challenging with behaviors. Yes, I oh. have heard that this year too. Um, and the fights, I think it's always so interesting how this is like 
seriously that like they have camps, you know, like they're people pick up sides and there's like all this hype. It's almost a little bit like UFC fighting. Like it's like, um, that they, um, you know, it's like they, um, doesn't it, it reminds me a little bit of like WWF back in the day. Um, when the two guys, the two people would, you know, like, um, go at each other as far as like trying to pick a fight or like say I'm better than you and have all this propaganda for their side. Yes. And it sort of feels like that in middle school too, that that sort of happens on that level. And so, which is unfortunate because then it hypes it up and it becomes a bigger deal and you can't back down that kind of thing, but and the kids that are the the bystanders are ones that kind of egg it on too, and that's part of the problem, right? I teach them to not do that. <laughs> I agree. Like, yes, this might yeah. be exciting in the moment, but maybe not the excitement we're looking for. Yeah, yes. I love that. I that was that's a really great thing that they have to learn to be nice to each other. Yes, yeah, so that's something we're working on. Yes. <laughs> Well, we'll help as much as we can. It takes a village. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then there's all of the, um, um, I suppose, with um, some of the racial um, equalities and injustices that they have. Sometimes those uh, the kids will pick up on that and then they don't know exactly what to do with that sometimes or how to voice either um, their um, support and that kind of too. So, yes. I'm sure that that goes on over there too. Yes. Wow. It sounds like we all want to sign up and be (laughs) a social worker now. But I like that you said that because there are so many external forces that they pick up and they hear and they don't know how to process and who knows what happens. You know, things come out, things are said, people hear them, they get offended. Right. It's a kind of a repeating cycle until they learn how to process those emotions yes and then the social media of course kind of exacerbates it or makes it it does because it's harder it's easier to say something anonymously than it is face to face and yeah Mm -hmm. things get kind of blown out of proportion and just good to sit down with each other and have a conversation get to know them as a person too and uh, instead of a a battle. Well, and that's sort of also behind this podcast too, is that when we learn each other's stories, then we have greater compassion for people. And also it opens up our, uh, our experiences. Like, so we can kind of have a glimpse of that experience through another person. So mm-hmm. really helpful to hear, um, about our middle schoolers and about just, um, that are going on in our world, but then they become, they're going on in our middle schools too, right? Like right. they're not in a vacuum. They're no. in the world. And no. To learn empathy and compassion and understanding of differences. And Yeah. And I, I have to say, so all of my kids, I have three and um, they have. And so it's been good though, because I think that that's given them um, a perspective that's uh, broader than what I could provide. Right. So when they go to school with other people that are different from them or, um, or different thinking than them and how you have to be able to get along. You're in school together. You do projects together, your community with one another. And um, how do we navigate that? Because those are skills they're going to need for their whole entire life. Definitely. Yeah. And it does. It really is helpful for them, even though (laughs) it's that push pull all at that middle school age and 
all of those things that we've just named even before now. Oh, goodness. Well, how can we be supportive of our schools? Like, how can um, we be helpful? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, I guess... I know it's hard. It's hard to know like who, yeah, whether it's volunteering or, you know, donating or yes, going to always use support. Yep. um, Just understanding too about kids and yeah, just the needs of the community. Yeah, definitely. Lots of, there's a lot of needs, a lot of basic needs. There are. Yeah. So before this, we were talking about like, um, not everybody knows, but you could give donations because things are, especially you, Lynn, you um, will give families different um, resources for getting even just the basic things they need. So like, uh, I know that we have given money for gift cards to Walmart or to Target or whatever, so that they could go and get clothes or um, a jacket or even whatever they need. So yes, that's that's one of the most helpful things. Yes. So they can pick and choose yep. um, what they can what they need for food too, whether it's just buying, you know, meat the things that they can't get at food shelves too, necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, know that food. you can do that if you want to, um, anyone who's listening that all of our schools are in need of that kind of help and support. Oh, that's helpful. Absolutely. And goes um, great. So yes, we, we will do sometimes um, drives for that here at church and then we just hand it over to Lynn. Yes. And we (laughs) love that. It's amazing. Then you can, then you have that, that you're able to give to people. And uh, there's so many different emergencies that come up. Sometimes people, um, you know, might have a fire or just, you know, have to have to be evicted right away. And then they just need all the basics too. So yeah, things like, yeah, like gift cards or cash or that really helps go a long way. It does. the needs. I know sometimes we take gently used donations too. Yep. Of um, any kind of hoodies, sweatpants, those type of like comfortable clothing. Our kids are not big on wearing coats. Either as you can no. probably see them getting on and off the bus. As my own children are out there without their jackets. Yes. Just FYI, they all have one. Yes. But they choose not they to choose wear them. not to. So that's kind of an area you'd think that coat donations are needed, but more like the warm hoodies, you know, that'll yeah, be that's true. something that they'll, that they'll so wear and they, and they like all kinds at this of time of year, it always comes up on my Facebook a story that I put on about my daughter. Um, she goes, oh, I need to go get that blanket. And I was like, a blanket? What do you need a blanket for? Well, it's cold at the bus stop. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you need to wear a coat, not bring a blanket to school. <laughs> like, seriously. That was a thing for a while. And then we had to tell them not to. Exactly. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just got hard to manage. So. I was like, oh, please don't do that. But yes, yes, anyway, we, um, so yes, that I thought was ridiculous. And so I put a stop to that at my house, but yes, put it on another hoodie if you need to, I don't care, but don't put the blanket on to go to the <laughs> bus. And then, um, I also are like that, um, just even thinking about being a positive adult in, an, in, uh, middle schoolers lives, you know, that's yes. really important to have some Very. compassion and empathy and because them receiving that goes a long way to being able to 
do it. And sometimes they might come across as rude, but (laughs) (laughs) kind of move past that. Or kind of, yeah, just on their phones or focused on that. But yeah, there's a there's a child in there too, you know, needing all the attention. And yeah. They're still kids. They're still kids. And then, um, and then I know that we over here at Zion, we've been um, partnering with um, the middle school for Y Start. So with the YMCA, Josh knows more about this. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, after school program. Um, it's it's a really cool way how it started. Um, so there's this guy that worked with the Y. Um, don't remember his name. I'll get crap for that later. Um, anyways, he, do you remember his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Could get him not alone in this. Cause you were yeah. there. Lynn has been there uh, from the ground up here yeah. on that program, yeah. which was great. So. But anyways, this guy donated a bunch of money, um, from his foundation, I think. Um, this was like with all their summer programs too. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I want these kids to be able to have spaces, um, on the national level, not just here in, uh, Minnesota. Um, and so why start kind of blossomed out of that cool. as a program for middle schoolers, uh, to go after school, um, learn some leadership skills. They get paid a dollar an hour, which, you know, a lot of them are like, yay, we get paid. And but you know that that dollar an hour so if they're here for three two hours four hours a week four hours a week it adds up you know so it helps yeah they don't get it until after the like very end end. yeah yeah oh it's been such a wonderful program especially because it's so convenient to our location yeah the kids can just walk across the street and we're so lucky because then we're able to use the activity buses for them to yes that's really helpful too so just being in proximity with one another is is really a huge advantage Mm -hmm. Uh, it's been a good program yeah and you were here when it started seven years maybe it's been a while it was six or seven years Okay. I want to say. I want to, yeah, I would say about that too, or eight. I've been here Maybe since eight. Too, so um, I remember those first. I wasn't a part of it, but I remember it just by yeah. being on staff. So yeah. Fun. We're looking forward to getting that going again after having to have everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, our kids, you know, they really need that interaction with one another and with um, just to have, and also have structure, I think is really important. So when they were at home, I think they floundered uh, quite a bit because they couldn't go anywhere or do anything. They didn't have that regular routine because Mm -hmm. even though they had to check in some days, it was easy not to check in. (laughs) And so they really do need some guidance in that. And so I'm glad. And I know that, um, it's always hard, you know, the pandemic is still going on. And so we still yes. have to have safety measures, but it also is um, good that we're able to at least try to be together again. Yes, I agree. Anyway, what else? I think, do you have any other questions, Josh? I was trying to. I had one, but it's, it's fleeting. <laughs> that ever happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad that you could be with us. It just um, is really helpful just to sort of reach out and um, help broaden our perspective on a lot of things that um, we don't, that isn't in our everyday sphere of, you know, encounter, right? Like we don't encounter that every day. And so just to get a 
feel for who you are, Lynn. We're so grateful for you. And um, you do have this really wonderful, easygoing manner that, of course, kids can trust because you're not, you know, you're not threatening. You're not whatever. You're just like, you're a very, you come across trustworthy right off the bat. And so I imagine that they're all just... Yep. Okay. There's Lynn. She's really the nicest person. <laughs> and then, um, or Mrs. Schaefer. Okay. And yep. then, um, and that, that, that you're able to do that. And also that you have taken on that uh, role that is stressful and there is more that you can do in a day that you can't, you know, to do in a day that you can get accomplished, but that you continue to do that with so much care and thank you positivity. Let me try. Yeah. And then that you will work with us over here too. Is yeah, always it's a good thing. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> and so supportive through the years. They just really value, value the connection, the faith community. And there's a lot of other yep. churches and um, across the district with, that partner with schools. And it's been just so valuable. And what I think is really helpful about that connection is that there's a lot of people that we can connect to and that want to do really good things and want to give to it, but it's hard to figure out an avenue to do that. And so Mm -hmm. if they can do that through, if we can help facilitate that, because our schools, you know, it did change and the schools are Mm -hmm. harder to get into, which is appropriate, right? But it also took away that community school kind of, and so um, they're not accessible like they were. Again, it was appropriate because we want our kids to be safe, but it is also kind of, it's a little bit of a divider out there. And so it's helpful to have some sort of way to navigate that too. Definitely. Well, thank you for being on. Thank you for inviting me. Wonder and Sunder is co-hosted by Sue Walliger and myself, Josh Myronick. The show's artwork and editing are done by me. Follow us on social media at Anoka on Instagram and Twitter, or on Facebook at Wonder and Sunder. Questions about Wonder and Sunder or suggestions on future guests? Email us at wondersunderanoka at gmail.com.